If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. <laughs> Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. The Hitchhiker I killed my wife. I know that sounds bad, but believe me, she was annoying as hell. She just nagged and nagged and nagged. I swear she never shut up. So I killed her. I'm sure most people would have done the same thing, don't you think? After I killed her, I laid her body out on the bed and covered her up with a blanket. Due to her annoying nature, she wasn't very popular, so nobody would come looking for her straight off. I emptied out our bank accounts and decided to get as far away from the scene of the crime as possible. Southern California seemed pretty far from Nashville, so I decided to head out that direction. I figured I had two or three days before the smell of my wife's decomposing body got so bad that the landlord would investigate. He'd find the body and the cops would put two and two together pretty quick. They would be looking to lynch me. They'd have to find me first, and I didn't intend on making that easy on them. Maybe once I got to California I could sneak over the border into Mexico. Unfortunately, my car was in the shop. I didn't think this out in advance. This murder was impulsive, not premeditated, so I had to plan things on the fly. I went to a nearby truck stop and paid a trucker to give me a lift. He got me all the way to Arizona. The spot he dropped me off was quite rural, just a factory and a diner. I got a bite to eat and offered several people some cash to take me to California, but I got no takers, so I decided to hitch a ride. I must have walked for two hours before someone finally stopped. The vehicle was a red convertible with the top down. The driver was puffing on a cigar. He looked about the same age as me and we shared the same graying hair color. He was wearing a button-up shirt and tie and had his sleeves rolled up. Sitting comfortably on his head was a dark gray fedora with a red feather in the band. Neither of us said anything for the longest time, which was just fine with me. The truck driver who had gotten me this far was a real chatty Cathy. I leaned back in my seat and enjoyed the dry desert air flowing through my hair. I knew it wouldn't be long before I was constantly looking over my shoulder, a fugitive from the law. So I was soaking this freedom in while I could. Finally, the fedora-wearing stranger broke the silence. Hand me that pack of cigarettes out of the glove box. I did so, and he impressed me by managing to light the cigarette with the wind relentlessly gusting in his face. He was obviously a smoking pro. He offered me one, but I politely declined. I don't blame you. It's a nasty habit, and it will undoubtedly be the death of me. 
As he handed the pack back to me, I noticed a bloody bandage on his forearm. He caught me gawking at it. A real beauty, huh? You wouldn't believe my crazy wife. She did this to me. I had to rough her up for that. Well, we had something in common. We both had wife problems. Only I killed mine. Damn, I said. My wife was always annoying as hell, but she wasn't dangerous. The man smirked. Oh, where's the fun in that? He took a long drag off of his cigarette. You know how to drive? Yeah, you want me to take over for a while? If you don't mind, I'm getting tired. He pulled over and we swapped positions. He nodded off pretty quick. I drove for hours and watched the sunset behind the silhouette of a mammoth mountain. It wasn't long after that when I heard a clap of thunder. I nudged the sleeping man. I think there's a storm up ahead and we'd better put the top up. He didn't move so I nudged him again. Hey buddy, we, we need to get this top up. I prodded him again and this time his body slumped forward and his head fell back. His eyes were open and lifeless. I guess he was right. Those cigarettes were the death of him. I panicked and pulled over recklessly. My head was swimming with thought. Now what was I going to do? I couldn't flag anyone down for help. They'd call the paramedics and they'd start asking questions. Then an idea quickly formed in my head. I searched him and found his wallet. He had over 300 bucks in cash. I tucked the wallet in my front pants pocket, got out of the car and opened his door. I pulled his body off of the road and concealed it behind a couple of bushes. Nobody would find his body until the next day at the earliest, and I had his wallet so he wouldn't be easy to identify. I sped away into the night. If I could just make it to California, I could ditch the car in a parking lot and hoof it across the border into Mexico. Then I'd be home free. All I had to do was avoid any cop until then. This was the very thought going through my mind when I saw the flashing red and blue lights dancing in my rearview mirror. At this point, I had to assume they had found my wife and I was wanted. I thought the jig was up and that I'd be spending the rest of my days in the clink. Then it dawned on me. I had the smoking man's wallet and driver's license. We shared roughly the same build and a slight resemblance to each other. Maybe, just maybe, I could pull it off. When the cop approached, I rolled down my window and played it cool. Evening, officer. What seems to be the problem? He stood stoically and held a blank expression. License and registration, please. I handed him the other man's license and registration and crossed my fingers. The cop looked back and forth from the license to me multiple times. My heart was racing like a thoroughbred, but I held a fake smile in hopes that the cop wouldn't detect my fear. Mr. Pipano? My phony smile grew as my hands became slick with sweat. That's me. He stepped back and motioned to me. Step out of the vehicle, please. 
He wasn't buying it. I contemplated jumping from the car and dashing away, but he'd shoot me down. Uh, what's the issue, officer? Just step out of the vehicle. I let out a deep breath and followed his instructions. Step around the back. I assumed he was going to shove me over the trunk, handcuff me, and read me my rights. Instead, he pointed to a long piece of fabric that was hanging out of the trunk. It looked like a part of a coat. That thing was flapping around in the wind and covering one of your taillights, which could be dangerous. It took a moment for it to register. He had no idea. He thought I was Mr. Pepino. I was home free. I popped open the trunk to push the fabric back inside. Holy shit. I wasn't sure if I said that or if the cop did as we both stood staring in shock at the grisly scene within the trunk. It was a dead woman. Later, I found out it was Mr. Pepino's wife. Evidently, his idea of roughing up his wife was bashing her head in with a hammer. By the time I was able to prove that I wasn't Mr. Pepino, my name was circulating through the system. They arrested me for the murder of my wife. If you like what you're hearing, please consider contributing. Any amount helps. Recurring monthly contributions are best of all. Just go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash support. That's ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash support. I work in the city and take a bus to work. It was a Friday and I was running late, so the bus stop was crowded. The benches were full, so I stood and waited. When the bus arrived, everyone got up and shuffled into the bus like sheep. I was the last one in line. As I waited in the slowest molasses moving line, I peered around at my surroundings and something on the bench caught my eye. It was a vintage Gisby. If you don't know what a Gisby is, it's an obscure toy from the late 1980s. It's a robotic toy with a round head, facial features that resemble a pug dog, and a mouth that looks like a beak. It has huge round eyes with elliptical pupils and ears like an elephant. They have short stubby legs and no arms. No two Gisbys were the same. They all had their own unique skin type. Some were smooth skinned, some were bumpy, some had scales, some had fur, and they came in a variety of colors. The robotic aspect of Gisby allowed it to blink and open its mouth. 
It could talk too, but its vocabulary was limited. It would make chirpy sounds, tell you what its name was, and spit out a few other random sentences on occasion. They couldn't walk, but they would periodically rock back and forth. This particular Gisby was covered in short black fur and had a white mohawk. I could see that it was functional because it was sitting there on the bench, blinking. Since the majority of the people were still waiting in line to get on the bus, I called out, Did someone forget their Gisby? It's sitting on the bench. Most of the people looked back at the toy and shrugged or shook their head. I was tempted to take it. I'm a single mom and my eight-year-old daughter would love it, but I figured some child forgot it and would come back looking for it, so I left it. That night, when the bus dropped me off at the stop after work, I was surprised that the Gisby was still there on the bench. Its round eyes were looking at me. It blinked quickly a few times and rocked back and forth. And then it spoke with a high-pitched, childlike voice. Hello, my name is Flippy. It had been sitting on that bench all day. Whoever it belonged to clearly wasn't coming back for it. The Gisby was just too adorable not to take it home with me, so... I took it and gave it to my daughter Jill. She fell in love with Flippy. She carried that goofy thing with her everywhere. She talked to it and sometimes it would talk back. Whenever it made a noise, she giggled. I had never seen her so happy. At least for the first week. Then things started to change. I had been allowing Jill to bring Flippy with her to school. I didn't see the harm in that until I got a call from the school principal. Jill had gotten into trouble for biting one of her classmates. When questioned about why she would do such a thing, Jill said that Flippy told her to do it. I didn't let her take Flippy to school with her anymore. One night, Jill came up to me while I was doing the dishes and said, I think you're pretty, but Flippy says you're ugly. Well, you can tell Flippy he's no prize himself. I won't tell him you said that. He'll get angry. A few nights later, Jill came running out of her room screaming and crying. She wrapped her arms around me and held me tight. When I tried to console her and ask her what was wrong, she told me that Flippy scared her. You love Flippy. What did he do to scare you? He said mean things. When I pressed her for more specifics, she started crying harder, so I backed off. Can I sleep in your room tonight, Mommy? I had made the mistake of letting Jill sleep in the bed with me until she was seven. It had been very difficult to get her to sleep alone in her own room, but she had been doing well with it the past year, and I didn't want to hamper her progress by letting her sleep with me again even though I had a difficult time saying no. She compromised by asking if it would be okay if Flippy slept in my room. I said, of course he can. I placed Flippy on the dresser that was across from my bed. Flippy stared at me for a few minutes and then his eyelids fell shut and he started making snoring sounds before powering off and going silent. 
I didn't even know Gisby's could do that. I dozed off shortly after he did. In the middle of the night, I was awakened by subtle giggling. It was Flippy. I turned on my bedside lamp. Flippy's eyes were wide open. He was staring blankly at me. It was really starting to creep me out, so I got up and turned him around. When I got back in bed, I could hear the mechanical clicking of his eyelids blinking, followed by snoring and silence. The next morning when I woke up, Flippy was facing me. Obviously, at some point that morning, Jill had come into my room, saw that Flippy's back was to me, and turned him around. I mean, what else could it be? Even so, Flippy was giving me the willies, so I didn't want him in my bedroom either. So when the next night rolled around, we left Flippy in the kitchen. During the night, I was awakened by a voice coming from the kitchen. Initially, I assumed it was Flippy. The Gisby toys would often speak after they woke up from their sleep mode. But what alarmed me was that I wasn't hearing the normal high-pitched child-like voice of Flippy. This sounded like a man's voice. I bolted out of my bed, rushed to the kitchen and turned on the light. Flippy was on the counter. His big eyes were staring directly at me. He blinked and then sent shivers down my spine when he spoke. My name is Flippy. The childlike voice was no more. He sounded like an adult male. I wanted to believe that Flippy's batteries were wearing down, causing the voice to deepen. That wouldn't be unusual for battery-operated toys that spoke. But the voice didn't sound slow and drained as I would imagine. It was strong and distinct. The next day, I was in the midst of cooking dinner when Jill took Flippy into her room. Even though Jill no longer liked to have Flippy sleep with her, she liked to play with him and would carry him around with her most of the time. I jumped when I heard Jill start shouting, No, no, no! I ran into her room. Jill, are you okay? What's wrong? Flippy is being bad. What is Flippy doing, sweetie? He's saying scary things. What is he saying? She ran to me and hugged me. She didn't want to tell me. This was getting very strange, and I was about to take Flippy to the garbage can outside, but I wanted to know exactly what he was saying that she considered scary. I had a monitoring camera that I kept outside on the porch so I could see who it was when anyone knocked on the door. I moved that camera to Jill's room. After she calmed down, I went back to cooking but kept an eye on the monitor and watched as Jill played in her room. Flippy was sitting on her nightstand as Jill played with some Barbie dolls. Within a few minutes, I could see Flippy begin blinking his eyes and his beak-like mouth began to move as he spoke. The voice that emerged from Flippy sent chills down my body. The voice was deep and raspy, and there was no mistaking what Flippy said. Kill Mommy. I immediately called my neighbor and asked her to watch Jill for me while I disposed of Flippy. I didn't even feel comfortable throwing Flippy in the garbage can outside. He'd still be too close to the house, 
so I decided to drive to a nearby mini-mall and throw him in one of the store's dumpsters. As I drove into the parking lot, I noticed that one of the stores was an old antique store and they had some vintage toys in the window. I decided to take Flippy in there. I was hoping the store owner would have more information on these Gisby toys and maybe he could let me know if the terrifying events we were experiencing were a common defect with them. The store owner was an elderly gentleman and he was quite familiar with the Gisbys. He did say they malfunctioned often and that's why they weren't on the market for long. But he said he never heard any of them giving commands to kill. He found the whole thing amusing and was convinced that all the issues we were experiencing were due to low batteries. When batteries on toys like these get low, the sounds they make can be quite disturbing. You said one day the voice was childlike, the next day it was more like a man's voice, and the following day it was deep and hoarse. That sounds like a classic case of batteries depleting. And I'm sure you thought you heard the words kill mommy, but when batteries lose their juice, the words toys like this say become distorted and can be easily misconstrued. His explanation sure did make sense and I was starting to feel a little bit at ease. Here, I'll put some new batteries in the toy and you'll see that it'll be back to its old harmless self. When the store owner turned Flippy over and opened his battery compartment, he and I both let out a gasp at the same time. The battery compartment was empty. Hi, my name is Flippy. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. Most big CBD companies are just middlemen buying from manufacturers and reselling to the customer at a higher price. Wouldn't you rather buy directly from the manufacturer? Well now you can with CBD Essence. They have a wide variety of full-spectrum lab-tested products including CBD for pets. The CBD is fresh, produced within 24 hours of shipment, 100% natural and organic, and uses the cleanest processing method. If you have any questions at all, their customer service is fantastic. Again, you're dealing directly with the manufacturer, so they know what they're talking about. Go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash CBD. Again, that's ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash CBD.